It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. For the defective characters, three guys sitting around talking about our experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience with guilt and shame and recovery in this episode 22 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. I didn't. I didn't get you anything for Valentine's Day tomorrow. Just letting you know. That's okay. I I like chocolate. It's not too late. Stuff. Ah, oh, that's nice. I just you're you're really good at like <laughs> making us think you're, you're gonna you're gonna like drop some knowledge and then just yes. toss out like one word so. that doesn't relate to it. Well, let's start with well, you. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Hey, I'm, yeah. awa- I'm awake now. Yeah. How about this best Valentine's gift? Ever that you've given somebody in your life? Mm, the Millennium Falcon. My time in love. All right. Well, at least James was real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> that hurts. So that's no, no. I'm seeing the Millennium Falcon that he gave his missus, and that's quite something. She turned it into a flower pot. <laughs> um, it's cool though. So let me tell a quick Valentine's story and then we'll get into guilt and shame, okay? Because this kind of falls into it. So when I was in sixth grade, there was like the timing. There was no, no, it's good. Guilt and shame and Valentine's. So there was there was this girl. Her name was Christina D'Onofrio when I was in sixth grade that I really liked, and I tricked one of her friends into thinking, and again, I was clearly an alcoholic that hadn't gone through the steps in sixth grade because I tricked her friend Amy Desmond into uh, telling me what to get Christina by saying to Christina, hey, you know, I was thinking about getting Amy something for Valentine's Day. What do you think Amy would like? And she picked something out of like a Walmart catalog. And then I gave it to Christina instead of giving it to Amy. So it was the old uh, fakeroo. She didn't like it. She sent it back, and then her dad sent her away to an all-girl school afterwards. Oh, oh my gosh. So, this, yeah. is, this is horrible. Uh, yeah, so this is some of the guilt and shame that uh, I had buried down deep, and I just wanted to... It sounds pretty clever to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was. I was only 12, though, so a little different. Uh, talking about guilt and shame, let's go to you, James, uh, first. We usually start with Dennis, but I want to switch it up. What is guilt? The definition of guilt for you? Um, I don't know. I have to Google that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, guilt to me is um, thinking about something over and over again that I might have done or harmed someone, and I, I feel horrible about it, and I haven't gotten past that yet because I haven't. Um, done the proper steps to make it right. 
And uh, same question to you, Dennis, and how you dealt with it in sobriety. What did you feel guilty about maybe when you first came in the rooms? Um, I think guilt is, for me anyways, is stop it, James. <laughs> like James should be guilty because of what he's doing. And I can't say it on radio because polite ears might be listening. Um, guilt for me is that, that like empty, like heavy feeling of like knowing that I did something wrong or I shouldn't have done or like that hurt someone else or whatever. And it's just like, you know, that weighted like negative feeling that instantly like starts the, you know, negative voices of, you know, like, I'm a horrible person, I'm a bad person, I, I can't believe I did that, and I just look at myself, like, with guilt, and I just feel like a lesser person because of my actions and what I've done, you know? Um, how I deal with that in sobriety, I think, um, you know, I think when I came into sobriety, even before I came into sobriety, I was weighted down with a lot of guilt. I remember when I was younger, I would do something wrong or bad or whatever, and I wouldn't really care about it, you know? I would just go about my life and forget about it and just whatever. But then once I started having a little bit of introspection and, like, saw my own role in my actions and my own, um, you know, my own choices that I made and, and whatever, I started feeling guilty, you know, once I started getting empathy for other people and how it saw how my actions affected other people and stuff. Um, so when I came in, I was riddled with guilt and shame, you know, like I, I felt like I had lived this life and like got it wrong, you know, and I felt really bad about it. I felt like I was a horrible person and, and all of this stuff. So the way I deal with it, I guess, is, is, is something I'm still learning is, is learning forgiveness, you know, and learning forgiving myself. Someone this morning actually told me, you know, it's like, do you think you know better than God? And the answer to that was, you know, I don't know. And he's like, well, God forgave you. So if you're not better than God, you need to learn to forgive yourself as well. You know, and I think that's something I got to learn every day. I still carry around a certain amount of guilt. And stuff, Indeed. Go away, James. Yeah, I think um, early in sobriety, there was a, a lot of stuff that uh, I guess particularly my wife uh, would tell me that I should, I, you know, do you feel guilty about that? And I think that was probably the the most common lie that I would I would say is, oh yeah, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I, feel, I you know feel guilty about it. Shame was very easy. Shame was easy to uh, for me to to feel that because I think shame and guilt though they sound like they're similar in a lot of ways they're opposites because the shame is usually super self-centered you know if you feel ashamed you're thinking about yourself and how something that you did whether sober or not um you know like uh put the bat down you know like the the phrase that gets said often when you're like oh you know i'm so ashamed that this happened but i think guilty is when you know you did something wrong and you're working to fix it in the future. You know, like you feel guilty that it happened and you're going to try your best to have it not happen again. 
you know. But uh, early in sobriety, guilt and shame, I know, can be can be dangerous. Did you run into that, James? You feel like like early on before you worked the steps? Yeah, well, as you guys know, I've, I, I tried this program for many years before I could get it. And um, I had a lot of a lot of shame and guilt, you know, and I, I tucked it down really deep. And there was those, there's a couple of things that, you know, when I would do my, my fourth step that I would omit. And um, I didn't write them down because I was just so ashamed of myself. And I didn't think anyone should ever know about that. I was going to take that stuff to my grave with me. And because of that, I never truly was doing the steps to the, my best of my ability. And I would end up drinking again because I, I just pushed down the shame and the guilt. It wasn't until I, com- I got completely 100% honest. I bared my soul to God and to another human being, and I got all that stuff out where I could start to finally be free of the shame and guilt, where I could truly feel the forgiveness of my Creator and I could start forgiving myself. It's been a it's been a long journey, but I, I'm well on my way to just having a, a joyful life. And the only guilt I feel feel now is if I'm, you know, rude to someone or to do something to my wife where I know it's wrong, and I quickly correct myself. But it's not really guilt, I guess. Dennis, so how can guilt and shame, like, be dangerous? Not only, like, early in sobriety, but even, like, right now, if you're thinking about it. Um, Tell us, Dennis. I think, I mean, I think it's rather obvious, maybe not how, how it can be dangerous, you know. If we're carrying around this guilt and the shame and, like, bullying ourselves with this stuff it's it's gonna weigh us down you know it's gonna lead to depression it's gonna lead to these negative feelings and stuff and typically how we dealt with that in the past was to drink or drug or or some other kind of behavior that that only perpetuates it um you know i think whenever i'm carrying around like guilt and shame you know i think i'm i can feel it physically i can feel it spiritually and I'm weighted down and it and it prevents me from doing the things that I need to do you know what I'm saying just a living life you know and, and getting up and doing the responsibilities I have and, and everything like that it's it's like the more I'm stuck in my head replaying these things and living it and, and the worse I'm feeling and feeling it it pulls me away from you know my higher power and just just life in general you know it's it's i get reverted back into that introverted isolation and stuff like that yeah for me uh early in the program the one of the most challenging things uh was the negative emotions that seemed to kind of like take over like i would sit in my the first couple meetings well i would say the first one I don't really remember what the, the heck was going on. It was, thankfully, it was a speaker meeting. So I was just sitting there listening to somebody tell their story. Uh, but then when I went to my second meeting, it was open discussion. And the entire time I was trying to t- like learn from it, but I was just thinking back to, 
uh, you know, trying to get through the other 23 hours in a day or the, the times I wasn't in, in a meeting and did feel really guilty about everything that I had done before I came uh, into the rooms and the negative emotions and the, the hate that I had for myself. And even though it's, it, it is important to, to feel those feelings, it's also to know not to, uh, I guess, dwell on the stuff that you can't control, you know, and try to pick up from a meeting the things that will help you get past those emotions. Was there anything early on, James, that that helped you deal with uh, guilt and shame that you had before you came into the rooms? Yeah, alcohol. <laughs> alcohol helped a lot when I, um, you know, and the more the funny thing is, the more I drank, the more I did, you know, despicable things. The more I would be ashamed of myself, the more I would drink to suppress these feelings, and it was just this endless volatile cycle. And um, I would have ended up killing myself if it wasn't for an intervention from God. It, I guess, was the right time because it really opened my eyes. And that was my the only thing that suppressed the, these inside feelings of inadequacy and, and guilt and shame was the alcohol. So once I was able to put that aside and step into a spiritual life, um, it's been replaced by God. And to be honest, the closer I am to God, I I don't have any feelings of shame or guilt because of the steps and because of my proximity to my creator. Uh, Dennis, when it comes to the, the feelings, like why is it important to feel the feelings of guilt and shame? And like, how do you uh, make sure that you don't dwell in it? Um, I think it's important in, in just the sense that like, if we are feeling those feelings, like they're natural feelings, they're human universal emotions that we all feel and stuff. And I think it's important because it lets us know that we did something wrong. You know what I'm saying? If you walk around you, the world as like a sociopath or whatever and don't feel these feelings, like a lot of us do as children, you know, we just don't have these haven't been awoken in us as a very young ch child usually. We, we go b through life and make the same mistakes over and over again. We hurt the people that are closest to us and, and friends and family and stuff. And, and we do it over and over again because we never realize what is actually going on. Then once we feel these feelings, you know, like if I do something wrong and I feel guilty about it or I feel a little bit of shame about it, that lets me know, you know, it's kind of like that compass. It, it's intuitively like, oh, this is wrong. And then I need to identify what that is. And then I can move on in life without making those same mistakes over and over again. It helps to be sober. Well, yeah, of course it helps to be sober. Because when you're sober, you, there is no, like, you just push it away. Yeah. But um, I think the importance of, of not dwelling in it, I think it's the importance of not dwelling in anything. You know what I'm saying? Like we feel these feelings and a lot of times I'll get mad or or even more sad because of feeling this way. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden this negative emotion comes into me and then all of a sudden 
I let it snowball out. It's like, oh, why do I feel this way? Why do I do that in that way? And then in the, that's completely counterproductive. We're no longer analyzing why we did what we did and how can we prevent this from happening in the future. We're just sitting in it and stewing and it's in, and nothing is going to change and, and we're not going to move forward by by sitting in the mud. You know, we have to like recognize that we got mud on ourselves. Now we have to get up, take a shower, clean off so we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, and James talked about it a little bit as far as, you know, turning it over and having a connection with higher power is part of the program that definitely helps. Uh, and I would say that is 100% true as far as the order of the steps go. That's the step you reach first. And uh, other ones that helped me is uh, definitely step eight and nine um, when I made amends and started feeling less guilty about the, the stuff that I did wrong. Uh, and I wanted to talk about, see if you guys, while I'm talking about an amends that I made that helped with guilt and shame, think about the, maybe the one amends that you made and how that went when uh, you were able to kind of clean your side of the street a little bit and apologize uh, thoroughly and how the immense actually uh, made you feel less guilty and shameful. Um, there were there were many people that back when I was in college, I uh, my ego was just so crazy and I would make any situation all about me. You know, like kind of like when you're in uh, grade school, maybe being like the class clown, except you take class clown and then you dump a bunch of alcohol into it. And that's, that's who I was and I, I loved it. I loved that that's who I could, uh, could be. And you know, if we went to a uh, comedy improv club, I would make sure I sat right at the front. And when they were looking for suggestions of different things, Heckler. I would yell out, I'd be like quadriplegic. And then they would be like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to do a, do something funny about quadriplegics, you know? And, um, I would, would just do this to make it all about me and kind of, uh, s- steal the show of anything. And there were a couple friends of mine that uh, two of them, one has accepted the amends that I made, uh, the other still to this day has not. But I apologized for um, making it all about me. And um, because all, all three of us were good friends and had, had been through a lot together. But at the time when I was making my amends, I hadn't talked to them, uh, one of them in a decade. Um, and the other one it had probably been five years, and the one that it had been uh, a decade still to this day, even almost six years, I guess five years after trying to make the amends, he hasn't come around, but the other friend, uh, you know, did. And I, I had to do this over the phone because he was in Chicago and I was in Vermont, but I apologized for, um, like, I guess always trying to make everything about me, you know, even I remember like birthday parties that they were having and I went there and I really just made it all about me. There was one birthday party. I literally threw his birthday cake in somebody else's face because I thought it was funny um, and just just stupid clown actions. But uh, I'm glad that he was able to come around to accepting the apology 
Uh, you know, due to where we live, we're not as good of friends as we were then. But I do think if we were, then that would be. And I felt less uh, guilty and shameful because of that immense. James, is, is there one that you can think of? Um, well, the, the most, the hardest one I had to do was to my ex, the mother of my children. And I, I put her through the most pain and suffering over a, a decade and I'm still making amends to that there's, there's no amount of words I could have put together that would make me feel better um, so what I've when I when I did make my amends it was kind of like that yeah I've heard it before what's different now and you know I was maybe six months into it and she see, she had seen me go in and out of AA and I'd go to a meeting and I'd come back and steal from her purse. So she was just... But I think after two years of doing what I say I'm going to do and being integral with my words and whenever she needs something for the boys, whenever, you know child support payments done you know for two years I've been consistent and she is now like realizing wow he he's really he she'll let me know she'll send she sends nice text messages now like I'm, I'm proud of you and thank you for all that you do instead of like you know what a piece of crap you know you were never there for me so um I I did feel better when I made my amends to her because I felt in my heart that, you know, I, I was changed. My heart was changed. And I knew by talking to my sponsor that, you know, I, this is going to be an ongoing thing for as long as these these children are part of our lives. So, you know, I, it's that's been my story with my biggest amends. You're up, Cochise. I'm up what? You're Dennis. up. Cochise. What is it's Cochise? It's a nickname. I just okay. came up with it. Cochise. Yeah. I am the assistant cheese. <laughs> assistant to the original cheese. Um, I, th I think for like kind of one of the most eye-opening ones for me was probably my parents. You know, like I spent my whole life with my parents. So I was like a problem child you know I didn't do good in school I was bad I didn't like I was a bad kid whatever um, and so when I got older or whatever I did carry around like a lot of guilt the realization of like the shit that I put my parents through all the worry that they had to do and and all of this and I carried that with me and I felt I truly felt bad about it and I remember when I went and did my my uh parents I did them both separately or whatever and you know I would, like pretty generally like said what my sponsor told me to say you know like I apologize for everything that I have done and blah 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 and whatever and you know like I think my mom's reaction to it was something along the lines of oh you weren't really that bad and in my mind like that kind of hit me a little bit because it, it's it's like all of this stuff that I was carrying and and weighing me down with and, and whatever. Like I thought I was like the worst kid in the world, blah, blah, blah. And then my mom saw it as, oh, you weren't that bad. You're okay, you know? And I was like, wow, 
you know and it, it's it's weird it's 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 when we don't make amends and stuff and we carry this stuff around like resentments and in our own guilt and shame we think the other person sees us exactly how we see ourselves and then once we like get that out in the open and apologize and try to clean up our end of the street we realize that we're the ones carrying that stuff around they're not they're they're relatively healthy I've already dealt with it and moved on with it and stuff and that was very eye-opening to me and I think like James kind of hit on you know the the living amends thing like I still relatively if I think about it too much or whatever like still feel a little bit bad of what I've done in my life with my parents and stuff but like there's nothing in this world that I could do to ever repay my parents for the amount of stress I've given them, the worry I've given them, the even the financials of like them supporting me and helping me out and, and all that kind of stuff. So like the only way that I can do that is by actually being a different person, being a better son than I was. And in doing that, in making those living amends, it takes time but people start seeing you as a different person. You know what I'm saying? Your relationships get stronger and everything gets stronger. And I think that's where a lot of that guilt and stuff dissipates is because I can look back on all the bad stuff I did and, and dwell in it and sit in the mud with that. But if I look at where the relationship is now, I am no longer that person and our relationship is no longer that relationship. A different Dennis. Oh boy. I don't know. You still seem like the same dentist to me. Yeah. No, I didn't. I I would say, uh, I was going to say I'm grateful I didn't know that, Dennis. But I feel like because we are so honest with how we were that, uh, you know, even though we weren't uh, drinking around each other, I think the isms, like we're describing it uh, pretty well. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of shocking, you know, like some of the change that does happen. Yeah. I can see Dennis yeah. as a little jerk. Not now, but I can see it. Right, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I want to ra- I want to wrap up with this. Mind you, I wasn't always a jerk. <laughs> sure, just, Dennis. Sure, just, Dennis. Just more of a jerk than I am now. It's which okay. I can still be a jerk. It's now okay. Too. It's okay, Dennis. <laughs> okay. So um, I got to justify you, my um, existence. Th- so Dennis touched upon the the final question I was going to ask, and I'm going to change it up a little bit for him. Um, but is there anything you're dealing with today? It could be in the program, could be outside the program that you feel guilty over that you're actually uh, working through now, James. Jeez, well, that's a little personal. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah, actually, um, you guys know that uh, my I have two boys. Uh, one's twelve, almost thirteen. The other's sixteen, and they live about three hundred miles away from me. And when I um, moved up here to Celebration because I had nowhere to live and I had to move in with my my in-laws, I really had nothing. And um, a part of leaving everything that I burned down to the ground was my children. And I remember after I got my sponsor, he's like, well, what are you going to do to get back to them? And I was like, I don't know. You know, he's like, well, you're their dad. They need you. And when he said that, you know, I got I, I got just riddled with guilt, and it's still, you know, I still think about it all the time. Like, but I've I've built this new life here, and in my heart, I know that, you know, my one son, he's sixteen, he's 
a sophomore in two years, he's going to be in college. Um, I personally did not like living in Miami, and I don't want to move back there, but my children are there. So I've got this conundrum. Do I move back there for a couple years to be with my kids, or do I stay here and just do what I've been doing, which is um, make it a point to visit them every single month, to bring them up here and to do fun things with them on, on Christmas and the holidays, always making sure. The, their mother makes it very easy for me to pick them up whenever I want to do things with them. And God bless them, they still want to hang out with their dad and we have a good time together. But um, that's something that always weighs on me, is just being so far away from them and not having myself in their presence you know, on a daily basis. Um, that's something that really bothers me to this day. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> De Dennis, I know you talked about some of the guilt you have with your, your parents that you're working through. Anything in the program or anything else that uh, you're dealing with today and you're, you're working maybe with uh, whether it's some part of the program to help you through it and how that's going? Um, I, I would say, like, currently, like, today, like, this week and stuff, like, it's not so much guilt. I'm not carrying around any guilt, really. But I like I have a I think a continuous problem with like shame, in the sense of like looking at myself as lesser and and you know when I look back at like where I am in life and and the negative things, as uh, far as like you know where's my career at, where's my relationships at, you know like why don't I have a girlfriend and like all of these kind of things, and I I. I look at it very negatively to the point of of like where I feel shameful. It's like, oh, I'm not good enough at my career to get a break or I'm not good enough to find the right girl or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I'll tend to like slip into depression and, and stuff like that with that. And I, I think that's something that I continuously to work on. I think there's a lot of things that I utilize to to work with that. I, you know, I pray a lot. Um, I ask God, you know, surrender has been a big theme for me. It's like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be, what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be doing. So everything is in God's plan and God's time, and I have to have a little trust and faith in that. And I think, um, you know, I do a lot of things like a gratitude list. I, James's wife is my gratitude buddy. Once a week, we always— What's that now? Your wife. We hang out once a week. But— uh, <laughs> But we make a point to like I I, I that was that, that was like the old James that we saw <laughs> like if somebody didn't pay their tab at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, get I back here. I chaperone. <laughs> it's okay. It's PG. Oh, but uh, we do a gratitude list to you know, and that helps like force myself to think of something positive, even if I'm feeling down in the dumps and and whatnot. I can sit there and I can reiterate you know like oh i'm grateful for the weather today i'm grateful for all of this stuff and i want to just say that like god's timing james like i was already thinking of this and james pointed at the phone and it said 11 11 but i was going to give an antidote about god's timing and and it would helps me trust it and stuff uh, this earlier this week i was going through something you know something personal dealing with it and i felt really bad i felt very shameful a little bit guilty actually and um you know i i wake up and i go to the morning meeting every morning it's part of my routine so i get up and i go to the morning meeting i get there the first person i see is james and uh james has no idea what i'm 
going through or where my mental state is or spiritual state at that point is. And he's like, come, come. And like, he takes me and leads me into the kitchen of the church where the, where we have our, the church that we have our meeting at or whatever. And he like, he's like, look here. And there's a little stuffed animal sitting there and it has a little card on it that says to Dennis. And he, he's like, oh, open that or whatever. And then he leaves the kitchen. So I'm sitting there in the kitchen alone, looking at the stuffed animal. Mind you, my mental state is dead. I'm feeling really bad and I open it and it's it's practically a love letter talking about how we're like friends and appreciates me and in all of this and my heart was instantly filled like unbelievably I was like holy shit and so I went and I found him I gave him a hug or whatever and then like we did the meeting or whatever and then we went and spent at Disney all day and you know it was like perfect timing and I think trusting in God and faith and everything like that it, it's when I needed it the most it was there and we had like if I would have gone to the meeting gone home and whatever I would have had a very very bad day but like because I work this program I have a relationship with a higher power and I have a strong fellowship everything kind of seems to work out and pull me out of the depths that I'm in you know so yeah I something that I heard that, um, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe you're new in the program and don't have a higher power. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, what a coincidence. And one of my favorite things is uh, a statement that I heard. I don't know where I heard it, but that coincidences are just moments that God chooses to be anonymous. Yeah. And um, I'm very grateful for that. Um, I have some guilt that I'm trying to work through. I've really been working through, I guess, the last four years since I moved to Celebration uh, because I had a career and I was making uh, a good living and I knew that my wife um, wanted to move back down to Florida where she went to school. And she went to school in the Boca Raton area and I really didn't care to, I, like I wanted to experience something new with her. At the time I had a year and a half sobriety and she got an opportunity to move to Orlando, where we're, we're actually, you know, the area that we're broadcasting this right now from. And so I gave up um, that paycheck and said, you know what, if I'm supposed to be doing the same career, then I'm sure I it'll work out down there. If not, maybe there's something new. And still to this day, I'm not making the amount of money that I was making up there and she's making more money than I and I'm not being sexist it just in my head it's always like you know I uh, maybe I'm not bringing enough to the table you know so the last several years I did everything I could to make more income donate plasma work multiple jobs and um, you know we talked about this year that, okay, well, maybe I have to change careers if I'm not making more of an income at the end of this year because we just had our first child a year and a half ago. And it's funny how the coincidences in life are because that was just maybe a month ago that that conversation was had. And then this week, um, I get a email from a, a guy that is friends with my father-in-law who is looking for somebody to outsource some work and the amount of money that I needed to stay in the career that I'm currently in 
um, like that amount of money that he was offering was the amount that we talked about a month earlier. Um, like pretty much, pretty much to the, like the penny, like even there were a couple different, uh, amounts of money and the minimum was that amount that we talked about and whether it works or not, that's all fine and good. But, um, I had a second to sit down with my wife and I told her like that I felt guilty the last couple of years. Cause you know, it's good to, if you're feeling something, you know, instead of sitting in the feelings, if it's guilt or shame to actually bring it up, you know, if you're going through a problem. So that way it cuts it in half and that's exactly what it did. And I'm grateful that I have that knowledge. So some people don't and they just sit in it or they act out irrationally, which is definitely something before I came into the rooms that I felt. So I'm grateful for you guys and, and having that. Is there anything, anything else you want to get in before we say goodbye to guilt and shame today? I think James should feel guilty and shameful that he still hasn't taken down the Christmas tree. Continuity, Dennis. Oh, we blew continuity You've, away. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's actually been several Christmas trees, and there's still one over there in the corner. It's a lot smaller. It is a tiny one, but it's should just Christmas. Should just leave it up. So, well, let's say goodbye to guilt and shame. Goodbye, uh, guilt and shame. I just want to put well. something. Um, Dennis's nickname is Baby Dennis. Don't tell people. And my wife makes me breakfast <laughs> every morning, and she just sent me a picture, and she made two big breakfasts she made a tiny itty bitty baby dennis plate and it had one of those like little glass dome covers over it it was all fancy it's like the size of an ant well uh i'm tiny are you gonna come over and eat the little baby breakfast (laughs) no (laughs) i appreciate it though you should feel guilty then a little a little bit well happy valentine's day tomorrow guys happy valentine's Uh, day i don't expect anything and uh you shouldn't either from. No, I'm a yeah. giver. I'm, yeah? yeah? Okay, well then I am expecting something. <laughs> uh, I changed my opinion. We'll Time be back. I'm in love. We will be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 23 with an effective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, put down the bat, and we'll see you next time.